attention to nature, live in accordance to nature and like what you see. I think when we we lean into that, life is a little bit easier, I'd like to say, when we stop fighting because we are nature ourselves. And uh, yeah, go talk to a tree and, and tell me what they say. And, and like visualize with your tree. I visualize hugging my tree every night. It's a part of my clearing my energy at the end of the night. And sometimes the tree dances with me and that just makes me feel so special. He'll just dance. So I wanna know what the tree says to you guys. I wanna know what you see. Don't think it's silly, just try it. Let's see what happens. Thanks for joining me in Chef Feast Sandbox. I'm April Nunn Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Ryan Blanton from North Carolina. Welcome, Ryan. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Well, the very first segment is Let's Grab a Drink. In this segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. And being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? Okay, well, I don't drink coffee at all and I don't do caffeine. So I'm a big herbal tea person. And right now I'm drinking a immune tea to help support my immune system. And it has ginger, orange peel. It's like a chai, some cinnamon, some cardamom. And if I was going really fancy, maybe some oat milk, like a latte. Oh, that, that's exactly what the other person said was the oat milk latte. But she wanted hers iced because mm. uh, she was looking out onto a very bright, sunny day. And so she mm. iced. But I don't do a lot of cold drinks. And mm. I think that's due to my human design. <laughs> I'm not sure how familiar you are with that, but I'm a big geek in human design. Okay. So in tropical, it doesn't reflect that, but if you decide to go crazy and do the sidereal human design chart, then one of my variables is the hot foods. I'm indirect light. So they say I shouldn't eat really during the day. I do. I definitely can't eat during in bright sun. If I'm outside, I don't want to eat. I need to at least have some sort of shade. Mm, that is so yeah. fascinating yeah uh, there's this one guy at work he said that he really doesn't eat during the day and at first I thought that that was really bizarre I mean you have to eat but he just mm -hmm. said he, did, he really didn't eat and then after learning human design I'm like you know what I bet if we ran your chart you'd be one of those nocturnal eaters where you're not supposed to eat during the day yeah but That's so interesting I I find personally human design is so helpful for me. I have a Capricorn moon. So sometimes it's hard for me to see myself and see others. So it's nice to be like, this is my chart. I understand this and I can understand you because I understand the chart. It's very helpful. As far as my beverage, you said that you're a tea person and that's what mm -hmm. I'm drinking today. I'm drinking throat coat. It's a tea <gasps> by traditional medicinals. I love a good throat coat. That's slippery elm. It just sounds all kinds of weird, but that's it definitely good. does. <laughs> That's funny. Well, this next segment is called, I think I know you from somewhere. Okay. So sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing small, but other times it can look like playing big. So in your spotlight moments, Ryan, 
has there been a time that our listeners may have seen you or your work? Ooh. So if you are into human design, I am a manifester and I, I mean, I love the manifester community because it's some, it's, we're really small, 9% of the world, nine to 10%. And I was on a podcast with Holly Marie uh, talking about, I am completely defined. All my centers are defined except my sacral. So a lot of, a lot of definition here. And we talked about that. And that was so fun to be able to chat about human design and my people. So maybe, maybe if you're a manifester, you've seen me over there. Well, if you wouldn't mind just um, shooting me a link to that episode and then I'll put it in the podcast, we listeners can click on that link and go down that rabbit hole with you. Thank you. It's so special because I, a lot of who I am is, is, is of course, like all of us and it's our background and it's our childhood. And I talk a lot about that and it's very interesting through a human design perspective. Well, guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation, something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime. And the prior guest chose honesty. Okay. She was saying that the world could use a lot more of it. So you are tasked to try and somehow fit that into our conversation today. And you get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with. And it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or something that resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? Yes. So luxuriate. I am a big fan of no guilty pleasures, but being indulgent in a way that looks good for you and and works for you. I mean, for luxury isn't and luxuriating isn't always bubble baths and I don't know, painting your nails. It's whatever it is for you. And I'm such a big proponent of self-pleasure and joy and rest. Oh, beautiful. Luxuriate. Yeah. It's fun to just to say it. I know it is a fun word. The guest that I interviewed earlier today, and so listeners will be hearing this uh, a week apart, uh, she was someone that had taken me up on my offer that I had put on the free offering Friday board for someone to come onto the podcast. And so that's how I am meeting you. I am meeting you now for the first time. So it was really cool though, because I have really interest in energy work. We've had people on the show before who are in that same field. And I've heard of like Eden Energy. Oh yeah. Or as well. So I'm interested in finding out if there are any overlaps between the two systems, et cetera, exactly what that kind of looks like. But yeah, since I really am not, that familiar with what you do or anything, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, so happy to. Hello, listeners. I'm Ryan with Energy with Ryan, and I am an energy healer, and I like to say a magic maker. That's something new, a new hat I'm trying on. And I love to work with people on releasing limiting beliefs and helping you get to live your dream life in whatever that way looks for you, right? I believe that that's very possible. You can completely do that. And it's also easier with energy healing because you can 
release those limiting beliefs, any blocks, any stuck emotions. And this is from things that are yours, maybe generational, maybe a past life. And it's just, oh, it's so good. My modality is called integrative energy therapy. Very unknown. It's similar to Reiki, but it is an angelic energy modality. So Reiki uses universal energy. Mine uses angelic. And the founder says it gets the issues out of the tissues. And that's really the best way I can describe it. It's changed my life. And I've been able to do some really cool things with clients. It's been very fun. Is there anything that you can share about some of those more interesting experiences? Yeah. So Again, I'm a manifester. And if you don't know, manifestors do not have a defined sacral. We're part of the like 30% of the world that don't have this like energy center that's ours. And so I'm a big, again, proponent of rest. And uh, one big piece of the work I do is to help with burnout. I just ran a really great uh, five week, um, five to six week energy healing group program all about burnout. And I mean, we were getting rid of limiting beliefs around rest, thinking that we needed to earn it a lot around fun. So it was five weeks. We released all the things that were keeping us stuck and, and depressing our nervous system. And then towards the end, we were like, okay, now we get to have fun. Let's imprint this into our bodies. And it's really, I don't know if I want to say surprising, not shocking. It's really interesting to see all these like crappy thoughts we have about fun. Other people can have fun. I can't, or my fun needs to be productive. And we really shifted those because it's not sustainable to live a more burnout free life. If you're not doing the things that give you joy, that lights you up. So that was really fun. I've also helped folks connect with their ancestors. I had one who I had a client and we worked with, it just pops up too. Like things just pop up. It's not like, I want to work with my ancestors. Like, well, let's see what happens. And their ancestors came through and, and we actually forgave the, the ancestor was giving this, my client, um, just some old baggage. And we were able to release that and forgive this ancestor and have this huge, beautiful release. And this person was like, then able to go live their life in ways that they weren't able to before, because they had this limiting belief that they didn't even know that they had. Okay. So that just opens up so many questions for me. Yeah. Because it sounds as though it's a little bit of mediumship as well, possibly. Yeah. So I use a lot of my own intuitive gifts and I'm not a medium per se, but I'm able to use my sense of knowing and just connect to things. How do I explain it? So I'll just connect to someone and I'll be like, okay, I see a female figure or this feels like this. So it's, it's a lot of me sensing and able to, and I see things through pictures. So my pictures might not always make sense, but I'll explain them. And they're like, oh yeah, I could see that. And so it's, a, it's the seeing pictures and able to use our intention and energy healing from the angels because it's not my energy. I am just the conduit. I like to say, so it's pure angelic energy. 
and we can shift things and release things and imprint things as well. Okay. So, I know that sounds very esoteric. No, I mean, I think listeners probably are kind of, they've been conditioned <laughs> to some of these woo, these woo woo things. So I talk a lot about Akashic records. I, mm. I offer Akashic record readings. And so to me, that, that sounds similar because I'll receive an image and yeah. I'll say what that image means to me for that person. I, I also have a Reiki level one certification that I don't really use often because I don't know if anybody really within my circle at all that would come in person to be able for me to, to do Reiki. But yeah, you're right. It's like a universal energy that you're trying to channel. And it's just really interesting that this therapy, this modality channels angelic as opposed to universal energy. What I'm really interested in is what is your concept of what an angel is? Mm. I'm interested because over the weekend, I did a group hypnosis event and it was about calling in earth angels. It's just been really interesting for me because I feel like I've had something of a block towards angels, Mm -hmm. like the concept or I don't know. So anyway, I had asked in the Akashic record reading before, why do I not get the whole angel thing? <laughs> and what came through is that maybe I've experienced them differently. Maybe I have experienced them on a soul level as sacred geometry or, or something like that, as opposed to what we traditionally think of as angels. So I was interested with this hypnosis event over the weekend where we're calling in angels. And I was trying to tell the universe I'm, I'm open to, to really feeling or experiencing what angels are. But it was a really quiet, really, really quiet hypnosis session. And I thought maybe it was just me, but then a lot of people who were talking about after the fact, what their experience was, it was kind of quiet for them too. What did come through Early on in the hypnosis session for me was the parable about the blind men who were feeling on the elephant. Are you familiar with that? I don't think so. Okay. So I'm probably going to tell it all wrong, but it's the parable about how there were like four or five blind men who had never seen or heard of an elephant. Well, they come upon the elephant and one of the blind men grabs the elephant by the trunk and says, an elephant is a snake, (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm. like a snake. And the other one grabs a hold of a leg. No, you're wrong. An elephant is like a tree trunk. Another one happens to catch hold of the tail and says it's even something different. And so what came through was that regardless of what modality or even words that we have, to construct our experience of spirit, it, it is the same thing. So no matter how we're connecting, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. We may just know it in different ways. And then, like I said, the rest of it, when we were actually calling in uh, angels and stuff, it was really quiet. So that's why I'm interested 
because you work with angelic energies so often, you probably have a pretty good relationship with, with them. So what is your experience of what an angel is? It's so interesting you say that because I grew up pretty religious. I went to um, Catholic school growing up. I went to a Methodist church and then I went to Christian school and then I went very rebellious. I I actually even went to like a Jesus camp in, in the mountains of North Carolina that and also at the beach of North Carolina and I, I became really cynical. So even when I was learning this modality, I was like, oh, angels, mm, that's really hard for me to say that I work with this angelic energy because I just keep thinking of this Christian perspective. And for me, it was harmful to me. I mean, church was not, I have, I have some like church trauma that I have worked on throughout the years. And finally, I think I'm in a good place. It's funny. I've like come full circle. And so to me, I think a lot of us who can't connect with angels just have this very Christian perspective of those imagery and it's hard to connect to, but to me, it's just like a divine light, a divine source. I don't necessarily, some folks, so this is how I practice, right? There's a lot of people who practice integrative energy therapy, who know specific angels and they work with specific ones. That's not so much me. I consider it like I have these angels around me and it's just like a, it's like another layer of the divine. And I just tap into that energy. And sometimes I'll connect to, I consider even earthly things like trees. They're kind of like angels to me as well. And it's that same sort of energy. And just like you said about the parable, I think it's just how we think of it. So have you, are you certified in Reiki? I am not, no. Okay. So you, you might not be able to tell me like the difference in how the two energies feel. I've, I've experienced Reiki a lot as a person in, but I do not know the, the differences. Have you, maybe like on the receiving end, have you felt a difference between what you receive as a Reiki client and what you receive as an IET mm-hmm. client? Yes. And I will say Reiki is really good for physical things. Like people can go to Reiki for knee issues or back issues. And there's actually been studies that found that that has been helpful with IET. It's less about the physical body and more about the emotional body. And as a client, as someone who's receiving it, Reiki seems to work quicker. IET seems to be a slower modality and also deeper. We tend to go through multiple layers and, and work deeper. And also I always like to say gently, I I like to have them all be gentle just for our body. So we don't receive any sort of healing crisis as a receiver of Reiki. I'm always interested in like the, the symbols with the hands, the gestures, because that's not something we really have in IET and I don't know. It feels, it feels so special to have these really cool sort of mudras, right. That you put over people. But I also know there's so many different types of Reiki. I'm not sure which ones that I have been in contact with. Cause I know there's like some sort of fire one and all these others. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. As far as the hand gestures and the mudras, I know at least with level one, that's not something that we're taught. At least in the version of Reiki, I was taught. So maybe that's in another like level two, possibly. Yeah. I don't know, but. Um, welcome to Nally with Madison's Corner. And I have a joke for you. Are you ready, Mama? I'm ready. Okay, so why did the kid push his bed into the fireplace? Why did he push his bed into the fireplace? Yes. Because uh, he wanted to see Santa Claus come down the chimney? No, because he wanted to sleep like a log. Ah! <laughs> oh, that's good. It is. Thank you. So if I can ask you a personal question. Yeah. How did you get beyond, since you were raised in a very religious upbringing, like I was, how did you get beyond the fear of being wrong and going to hell? Just more for me, like the fear of being wrong and and your family, maybe your family is still really religious. Like how, how have you approached your relationship with them? Not knowing, not wanting to cause them any grief or Mm -hmm. because when you have the kind of religious upbringing that I've had, it's, it's not just a matter of a preference. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is like the core of what you're here for and if you're not saved then you've kind of missed the whole mark of being here on the planet so I know that's like several questions in one but if you could take a stab at it somewhere yeah so I'm pretty lucky that my mom is religious but not super religious and she's a pretty alternative person I doubt that they'll ever hear this, but I have other uh, family members that are kind of like the scary type, type of Christian where I would, I would honestly say their, their religion is more like a cult and I'm not bagging on Christianity. I know that there's, there's so many different sects and, and, and types and it's helpful for some people. And I also believe that some, especially in the South, I mean, literally in my small town, we've had two churches who denounce the Bible and they're like, you know, we're just doing our own way. And I'm like, and people follow them. It's, I just, it's, it's, it's scary. So I have two, two different sides of family who I would say are like cult-like Christians. And uh, honestly, we are, we're close. We're a pretty close family considering all that, but like, they don't know. They just think I'm weird. I don't say really what I do. And it's, it's better that way for me because I cannot handle getting prayed over. This is a really deep topic. I'll share minus some, some of the heavy details, but in high school, I was going through a really hard time going through some things. And my mom was really panicking, didn't know what to do. And so my aunt was like, come to the church with me and, and it'll be good. And because my mom had no idea what to do, she took me to my aunt's church and they prayed a demon out of me. And that's kind of when I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. They were like, we were from a missions trip. We just came back from Africa and all these African people 
using quotes for those who can't see me, have demons inside of them. And so we're praying the demons out of you. You have a very similar case. And I was like, yeah, this is, I was 13, very traumatic. And so that was just kind of like, a, I don't need to talk to people who believe these things because there's just going to be a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And the thing about getting, being wrong is, I mean, even when I was very Christian, I went to a, like a scary Jesus camp and I just was crying. I mean, I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, and I was crying and I was like, I don't understand how God can still love me. And this person was like, imagine you are a kitten in God's hand and he puts you by the fire, but he'll never let you get burnt. And I'm like, I don't want my God to put me next to a fire. These camps were so like, God is, is mean and he'll, he'll smite you. And I'm like, that's not my God. And so I think realizing that what I believed in as a kid is this heavily translated version of the Bible. And like, I can, I don't know. It's just like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like the way that some, some folks think about think some things are wrong or you're going to hell. Like, I just don't, I just don't believe in that. I know it's hard. It's so hard. And I think this is a, as a, is something folks don't talk about. And so we just keep living with this sort of heaviness. I will say I have a Catholic guilt so bad that runs from my mom and from my grandma. Like that's passed generationally down and it's finally talking about it. And we'll label it. It'd be like, this is Catholic guilt. Like this is, this is, this is the good girl syndrome. And we're, we're going to break that. And I think it's just getting it more out in the open with people you feel safe with. And that's been really helpful for me. Cool. Okay, so you had you had offered to do some type of energy work with yep. our listeners today. What did you want to do? There's so many options. What would you do? You have anything in particular for your audience? Do you, I am a very much big believer of the of the seasons and of the elements in traditional Chinese medicine. So for example, we are in winter season, that is the element of water. So it's a lot of kidney support, a lot of flowingness, or we can do something for the new year, very open. Let's do something for the winter because that will, that paves the way for me to talk about this fantastic podcast episode. I listened to recently just all about it was about winter I'll put a link in the show yeah, tell me about it but it was the home body podcast mm. and so I'll put a link in there but it's it's all about a lot aligning ourselves with nature including yes. the seasons so yes that would be perfect if you would lead us through something like that <sighs> Yes, for sure. So for those who aren't watching, just take a couple deep breaths with me. I'm going to set the space now. So I'm wrapping us up in a big pink, no, in a blue bubble of light. Typically it's pink, but right now it's blue. And so that which only serves all of our highest and greatest good and divine law and order can come through. 
And I always liked for folks who are new to energy healing or to new to receiving some sort of modality like this, I always suggest saying that that as well. I will only accept what's in my highest and greatest good and giving yourself that, that power. And then first, I want to thank the earth. We thank you for all of your resources, for allowing us to live and live healthily on this planet, on, on you. We're so thankful for you. And we give thanks to those who have stewarded the land for many generations, past, present, and future. And give you our reverence and respect. And then we thank all of our spirit guides, our whole spirit team, our ancestors, angels, master healers and helpers, spirit guides, I've already lost count, all of our spirit team, because I've forgotten one. And we just thank you for being with us throughout our life, for being with us here right now, for watching over us, for protecting us, and just continue to watch over and protect us during this energy healing We ask you to help us receive any messages we need to receive, any clues, any healing, and let it be in a gentle, nourishing way, completely in the way that best works for each of our individual selves. So like we said, we're going to work on the winter season and preparing our body for that. So if now is a really great time to set your own intention, you can um, maybe say what you would like to release, how you'd like to feel. And I'm going to connect to the energy and then connect to everyone's energy. Again, I see things and I'm seeing like, this is so interesting, Jack Frost, like from those Christmas movies doing ice skating moves on ice skating rink. So maybe, maybe if you are in a snowy area that, re that represents something for you. Now I'm connecting to your energy. And just a warning for those listening, this is my least favorite part of energy healing, but I burp a lot and I'm going to move the microphone a little further away. And if you've never experienced energy healing, you can yawn, you can feel a sense of like sensation such as heat or cool. You can burp. This is just ways for the energy to release. Okay. Am I in? Yes. So I'm in. And again, energy knows no time and space. So when, whenever you are at, this is um, connecting to you and you can watch it again and again, if you'd like. Kidneys? No, we're not going to. So winter is a season of the kidneys and we're not going to start there. We are going to start on the adrenals. Oh yeah. Stress. <laughs> uh, the adrenals and stomach hold our stress. So I'm going to hold these organs. I'm going to talk a little bit about my modality, just so everyone knows. 
From what I know about Reiki, you work with the chakras and in IET, you work more with what I would consider the traditional Chinese medicine meridians. And so the stomach and adrenals are one energy point. And so what we do is we energize and then we release and then we imprint good energy back into it because it's kind of this vacuum of space. So we want to put in the good stuff. Feels good on the other side. I don't know about all of y'all, but this has been a really rough couple of months and this will be good for our nervous system. Again, winter is a time of hibernation and of rest. And so it's very interesting that us in the Northern Hemisphere have our holidays during this time because, I mean, that's a very stressful, a very go, go, go sort of energy. And so we're just releasing any sort of this continued notion that we need to keep going and going and going. Of course you can if you need to, but again, we are in the season of rest and hibernation. And it is okay and it is safe and it is um, nourishing to give our bodies the, that rest. Definitely releasing something there. Lots of people have limiting beliefs around this. We're just going to gently... Remind our bodies that we are just like a plant and, you know, we cannot bloom all year long. There's a time of germination, a time of blooming, a time of revitalizing and nourishing. Also, for those who are watching, um, I make a lot of pained faces. I am, I am okay. That's just a way I release energy. Solar, yes. Now we're going to work with the solar plexus. It seems a little dim. Do we need to do? I'm just releasing anything that doesn't need to be there anymore, things that we're ready to release. It is, we are filming and recording on January 11th, which is the 111 portal. Oh, yeah, that feels good. Big release there. Now we're going to, again, imprint good healing, angelic energy, love, empowerment. And a reminder for any of those who need it, you, how do I want to say this? 
you deserve to be empowered. You deserve to feel powerful and in your power. That is something that is yours and, and you can have that. Is it being afraid? Yes. Is it being afraid of your own power? No. Is it being afraid? What is it? There's something there. It's not, do I need to know? No. Okay. So I don't need to know, but there's something there about power and empowerment and stepping into your power. And so we're just going to hold space for whatever needs to happen to happen. I have a feeling, this is a really cool image I just saw, but I have a feeling that this is going to help you plant those seeds for the spring, the upcoming spring. Um, I do not set New Year's resolutions. I set them for the springtime uh, around the Lunar New Year. And so that's the end of January. And I feel like this, we're planting, we're getting ready. We're, we're tending our soil to get ready to plant something around this power. Maybe we are calling our power back. I mean, there's a huge collective shift. I don't know. Something exciting is happening. <sighs> oh, okay. Kidneys, yes. Okay, so now we're going to work on the kidneys. Kidneys hold fear. And just to acknowledge um, getting emotional, there's, there's a lot of fear right now and that's okay. Like, you know, COVID is still a really scary thing. This new variant, there's so much uncertainty. So we're going to release what we can from the body just so it doesn't need to hold on to all of this fear right now. We're going to release. And so when I release, I'm releasing it from the four energetic bodies, which is the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Okay, that side's good. Yes. So I'm just working on both of our kidneys. I just did our right one. Now we're working on our left. Is that good? Yes. Okay, so that's good. We're just going to imprint safety and love into our kidneys. If anyone has the ability to try to touch a tree sometime later this week, today, sometime, or imagine touching a tree, I'm big, I'm big onto trees. And also I feel like they give us some sort of sense of safety as a human. And I feel like that would be good for, for all of our bodies right now. Oh, does that feel good? Yes. No. Is there anything else? No. Okay. So now we're just going to integrate all of this into our energy field.
There's something with our throat. Should we just mention it? Yes. Do we need to do anything? Yes. Please no. We're just going to put some energy around our throat. Again, this is the... how we speak our power, how we help manifest. We're connecting this to our solar plexus right now. Is there anything else we need to do? Yes. I'd like for y'all to imagine a bright blue light in your throat and it's shining out like a bright lighthouse clearing out cobwebs, excuse me. You can call on this energy anytime when you need extra help in your throat. Okay, that's good, yes. So now we're gonna continue to integrate. And if you like, you can draw figure eights in front of your body. That's actually a Donna Eden energy medicine sort of thing. Uh, the body likes figure eights, the affinity symbol. Good, yes, okay, and so now we're going to ground. So take a few deep breaths again, feel where you're touching something solid, the chair, the bed. I want you to imagine a bright red light at the base of your spine. It's getting bigger and brighter. It fills your pelvis. It overflows down your legs and in the bottoms of your feet. And then the bottoms of your feet open up. And then two thick roots come out of your feet and they go to the earth. And if you need extra help, imagine the earth coming up to meet you and bringing your roots down into the center. And then in all directions, the roots come out. More stable and grounded. And then we're just going to wrap you up in another bubble of light. White, no, pink, yes. This time it's a pink bubble. We're filling it with love from the angels, from the trees, from all of your spirit team. Okay. Take another deep breath. Now I'm just going to disconnect our energy and return all of your energy back to you. Take my own back. And we're done. I feel so much calmer. I don't know about any of y'all. I'm muting myself because there as we get started, I was sneezing. <laughs> oh no. That's a way to move energy. So maybe your body was helping you clear things before we even started. Let me ask you, some people who are in the spiritual circles, the energy work, they could tell from really young that they had some type of special connection to the spirit world or energy, however you perceive it. And then others come to a knowing or relationship later in life. So how did that play out for you? I don't know. I was very religious growing up. I mean, I loved singing. I really enjoyed that. And I remember once I must've been 
in elementary school. And I, I really felt like I, I spoke to Jesus and I came down the stairs. And I was like, mom, I spoke to Jesus. And I could see her being like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Maybe that's not something I should share with someone. Right. Like that seemed like that was like a weird response. And then, you know, all of the things happened with the Jesus camps. And I just kind of put that put that away. And then also I had, I got diagnosed with Lyme disease when I was in high school, middle school, high school. And so I had an IV in my arm for a year and my mom and I both got diagnosed and we were going to acupuncture. And my first session with acupuncture, it was so, I mean, I, I was, it's still so vivid in my head. And I remember laying on the table and I'm near two military bases. So we, we often have jets flying over our head. And I remember being afterwards being like, oh, there must've been a fleet of jets flying above us because I felt so many vibrations. And she was like, no, you just really unlocked a lot of like, she, you had a really intense experience with acupuncture and that stayed with me. But then I packed it all down. Cause I was like, religion's dumb. I hate this is dumb. And it wasn't until my father passed when I was 24 in 2014 where I just kind of like came back to it all. I mean, I started getting into crystals. I did yoga more. And that's what I, I consider my big spiritual awakening. And it was just because I couldn't live like I was living any longer. I mean, I was very much like, I, I don't cry. I don't, emotions are dumb. And then I was like, well, I got to figure this out. My dad just died. So it was, it was very much like a peak when I was younger and then not until much later on in my life. So what exactly about IET struck you as being what you wanted to do? Because there are so many, like, maybe no. from the outside, growing up in a strict Christian, there was one flavor of spiritualist. <laughs> and, then, and then once you get into it, it's kind of like all the same thing, but there are so many different mm -hmm. modalities and flavors as I call them. So how did you know that this was going to be your flavor, your, your niche within all the available modalities? What was it about it that stood out to you? Well, at first I really thought it was going to be acupuncture um, because I, I love it so much. I love tra traditional Chinese medicine. It really resonates with me. I've recently just started to get really grossed out by needles. Like if I watch someone, <laughs> so I'm like, mm, maybe, maybe acupuncture isn't going to be good for me anymore. But I started to see my own, what I call energy therapist when I was going through a mental nervous breakdown during grad school. And she was trained in body talk, IET and so many, and, and body code, all these different modalities. And she was just like, Hey, I'm teaching IET. I think it'd be good for you. And I, I had been seeing her for two or three years at that time. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever you say, because this has changed my life. And that's just kind of how it happened. I honestly came into being, I, and then as soon as I was certified, I began working on myself, my friends and family, but I didn't think this was going to be a business until 2020 when I saw so many people I mean, the George Floyd and so much racial unrest. And I just wanted to see an energy worker say something about it. Cause I felt so, I didn't know what to do. I just wanted someone to be like, this is wrong. Let's, let's do something. And I didn't see that at the time with the folks that in the circles that I was with. And I was like, oh gosh, am I going to have to be this? Am I going to be that one for someone? Like, am I going to have to step in this role? Because I, I need to see it for myself. What an energy worker looks like as someone who also cares about social justice and that's how that started. And so to go back to your question, 
will I ET be everything? No. Cause I, I want to learn so much. I love learning. And I love Donna Eden's work. Like you said before, a lot of people don't know her. She is a energy medicine, which is a little bit different than energy healing, but it's very similar and it's powerful too. I mean, there's, you're right. There's so many amazing tools. I can't wait to learn so many. So before 2020, when you started this as a business, mm-hmm. what is it, are you still doing another job in, in addition to this? Or is this your full-time, your full-time gig? It's not my that. full, it's not my full-time yet. And I'm very privileged. I want folks to know that during 2020, I moved back home to live with my mom. So she didn't have to be alone. So no rent and especially no a thousand dollar rent, which is what I was paying before. And so that has been helpful. And I do other work on the side. I I've taught English. I used to work in higher education and I taught English and then also work with study abroad students, but I'm transitioning for this to be full-time and I'm excited about it. That's really neat. In the podcast that I recorded earlier today, we were talking about how I'm in this transition with my work too, whereas I was working four days a week and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to create space Mm. for the clients and all that to come in. So I'm going to cram everything into one day a week at the office, but the clients didn't show up. They didn't materialize. And so I know there's, that's for my benefit (laughs) that that happened So anyway, my husband and I were discussing finances and it really would be helpful for the family for me to bring in some more financial resources. So I was like, I need to go back to my expanded schedule. I realized I had this all or nothing attitude. Mm. Either I'm going to be a spiritual worker or I'm going to be doing the the 3D, what we call the 3D everyday stuff, my my real job. And, And then I realized that's, pretty much how I've painted life with two brushes, all or nothing, black and white, that that was not going to serve me and that I needed to just integrate. So what I came up with, and I realized that I'm in a unique position to be able to do this, but I worked it out with my boss where every Wednesday I'm going to be going into work and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I will also be going into work if there's no bookings, if no one has Mm. booked with me and he's okay with that. He loves that, that idea. So it's going to work out for me. So today's a Tuesday. I was able to not go in because I had two interviews booked for the podcast. So that's so amazing. Congrats. And it just shows you like what's possible if you think outside of the box and ask, that's amazing. So I was just realizing that I'm going to have to be even though I'm not going to have full days free, I'm just going to have to be more intentional with my time, my downtime that I do have and make the most of that, use that time to create my social media posts and Mm -hmm. edit the podcast and do all the, do all the things. (laughs) That's awesome. Is that, are you experiencing anything similar to that as you phase out of one thing and into another? I would no I mean honestly if this was not the pandemic and I didn't live because my hometown's a pretty conservative small town and if I didn't live here I would be waitressing at the moment as well because I find it 
like I like having things outside and meeting people and, and it's been really difficult just working from home so much. And so that would be something I would like to do at the time, not super safe because my mom is immunocompromised. And so that's not an option for right now, but I mean, I see myself even in the future, even if this is full-time doing some sort of like side gig, because I, there's something about, this sounds so silly, not having to think about what to do. If I'm a waitress, I just wait, I wait tables. I don't have to think about, is this the right thing to post on social media? And it's nice to have something to do that turns my own brain off. I also get very much all or nothing black and white thinking. That's something I really have to work on. And I just saw a TikTok post the other day They're they're like, I'm an artist and I work in an ice cream shop and I consider my ice cream shop, my fun job. And I'm like, yeah, it gets to be fun. It gets to be different. So that's awesome. I really like how you work that out with your boss. That's so cool. Yeah. So we'll see if that continues to shift or adjust to the, the needs, but right now it's a great, a great solution. And I do think that we are going through a huge shift collectively in not to sound pretentious, but some of us awakened, awakened before other people. So we need to lead the way. And I think soon your books are going to be full, right? Because people are going to be like, okay, this is something I need. This is, I'm more open to it. We're just going through that shift right now. And people are still kind of wobbly and they're like, what's going on? I don't know what I don't know yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So are people able to book individual sessions with you if they have like something in mind that they want to work on? Or is it more of like an extensive program that someone needs to sign up with? Great question. I'm currently shifting my offerings. I I'm creating a membership where it'll be seasonal and and just kind of like what we did now. It supports the body with the seasons and help connect you to earth. And then it'll, you'll receive two energy healings, group energy healings a month. And that'll be like my, my main offering. And then have just chunks of more in depth, like you said, energy healings around burnout or self-love, and then randomly open up one-on-one sessions. And I'm a manifester. I don't have a lot of controlled energy. So having one-on-ones open all the time just kind of sucks the the space out of me and and to be honest I mean I was talking to my Akashic Records and I was like okay so how many packages should I do like like 10 and they're like oh right no (laughs) the work you do is powerful two package and a three package or a four package would be fine like you don't people don't need a lot it's just kind of a little enough of a shift because again you, the, the client, you're the healer, you're the hero. I'm just helping shift things a little bit so your body can heal, you can heal. And so there doesn't need to be a lot, just just enough is, is most of the time really a powerful. You remind me a lot of my guest, Megan McHugh, when she came on, she's into energy work as well. Oh, I'll have to check her out. Yeah, check her out. That does seem to be very similar. In ways, it's really cool. I like her a lot, so that's thanks. Well, Ryan, how can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your sandbox? Yes. Well, I just realized that I have yet to say the special word of the day, and now I'm I'm panicked. So I'm trying to think (laughs) of of a creative way to say it. 
but you can find me online. I'm on Instagram at energy as energy with Ryan. And that's my website, energywithryan.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. I have a visualization freebie you can sign up for. So my memberships will open the end of February and there'll be some cool freebie for that. So sign up for my newsletter and you'll find out. I'm not sure yet. And then I also have a sisterhood circle that I run with a cosmic spiritual um, biz partner, Mystic Rose Co. They are an amazing, amazing tarot reader. And so it's a, a, it's a blend of tarot and energy healing and community sharing. And so we keep the circle pretty small, but that'll be opening up again in April. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to have people join and, and see what's, I love talking to folks, especially if you're into human design. I love to pick your brain and work with energy healing. Any manifestors out there, hello, come follow me. I have to figure out a way to put honesty in, in the sentence. Well, you, um, have, you have a little bit more. You have one more segment that you okay, okay. fit this into. This is the segment about teachers. So Ooh, okay. I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke's story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go and also learn from? I love this question. It's so good. And so I I was thinking a lot about this. And number one, Braiding Sweetgrass, the book by Robin Wall Kimmerer. She is a scientist and an indigenous from Potawatomi tribe. And it's the most beautiful book I've ever read, but it just talks about our native world and how we just need to honor it and and how it, and how indigenous folk have so much knowledge and we should learn from them as they are the source of, of the earth. And I'm just such a big fan of the earth and I'm so grateful for it. And I work a lot with the earth. So I definitely recommend reading it. It is stunning. It's so beautiful. And And I also just want to say we can learn a lot from trees. No joke. I talk, I have a favorite tree. I talk to him a lot. He doesn't have a name. I just call him my big favorite tree. And he's a live oak tree, which is common in the coastal areas of North Carolina. And he's really big. And what's special is this land used to be my grandfather's land, my great grandfather's land. And then he gave it to my mom. And so that tree, my grandpa was 85 years old and he climbed that tree to put a swing set up for me. And so I just have such a beautiful relationship with this tree. And even when I didn't live here, I would connect with this tree and he would just say, I'm here for you to calm down. Here's, let me help you ground. I really recommend trying to find a really nice tree to befriend. Another teacher, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, I would recommend breaking the habit of being yourself. It is dense, but I love the neuroscience stuff of uh, spirituality and, and reprogramming your brain. And is that, is that the book you would recommend first of his? Maybe not first, but it's the one I enjoy the most because okay. he really goes into the neuroscience part. I really do love science. I don't understand how energy healing works and but that doesn't bother me in a way of believing in it, but I just wish I did understand it more, but I do love uh, the subconscious and reprogramming. So it's a really good way to really sink your teeth into. He has a lot of YouTube videos. I really also like his meditation. Some of them are like two hours long and I I just can't do that at this point in my life, but he has a morning and a night one that are about 20 minutes long. And I, and I really like those. 
And then the last one is traditional Chinese medicine and working with the elements, like winter is the season of water. Traditional Chinese medicine has a lot of honesty. Ding, ding, ding. It's such an old practice. It's, I mean, it's just so beautiful and really (sighs) complex. And there's a lot to learn, but I think if you focus on like the elements, you can get so much from it. And so, for example, again, we are in winter. Winter is the season of water, which is the season of the kidneys, which is fear. So, for example, keeping warm, not eating a lot of cold foods. You want water to be able to flow. And then just TMI, I'm on my period. And so in traditional Chinese medicine, you keep your feet warm when you're on your period. You don't wash your hair and get your head wet because that allows the internal fire to dampen. And so it's just a lot of traditional knowledge that I really appreciate. And I think folks can really get a lot or, you know, your own traditional knowledge, maybe you're Italian or English or whatever. I think it's just so, so interesting and like nourishing. I love what you were saying about the trees. One of my friends and mentor, Courtney Starkey, she has called trees um, charging stations. Ooh. And so if you someone goes to my website and they go to the about me, there's a picture of me in that I took of myself in the tree in my backyard, <laughs> in my charging station. <laughs> and I had been in the session one time where one of the participants in the meeting, he had said that he had talked to a tree and the tree had given him his name, like what his name was, just by asking. So we took a, a like a five minute pee break. And so I went outside to go ask my tree what his or her name was. Then as I was walking back, I kind of asked, and I wasn't getting anything. So then I kind of asked maybe what my soul's name was. Ooh. And I got a name right away, but I think I dismissed it as being my soul's name. I kind of attributed it to the tree, mm-hmm. but I looked it up and it was, it was bought on like a lot of the same <gasps> characteristics that the name means. I didn't consciously recall ever, ever hearing this word before this name. I just had this knowing about how it was spelled. So I went and wow. typed up into Google and it was just fun. That is so beautiful. Wow. I'm so glad you have that connection with the tree. That's so awesome. Did you have anything (laughs) that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to talk about? No, I'm just very honored to be in people's ears. Thank you for having me. I think if I could leave with one bit of knowledge or hoping that folks got one thing from me, it's just pay attention to nature, live in accordance to nature and like what you see. I think when we, we lean into that, life is a little bit easier, I'd like to say, when we stop fighting because we are nature ourselves. And uh, yeah, go talk to a tree and, and tell me what they say. And, and like visualize with your tree. I visualize hugging my tree every night. It's a part of my clean, clearing my energy at the end of the night. And sometimes the tree dances with me and that just makes me feel so special. He'll just dance. So I want to know what the tree says to you guys. I want to know what you see. Don't think it's silly. Just try it. Let's see what happens. Well, I tried this with the prior guest, so we'll try this as opposed to 
having some type of weird, awkward goodbye, because I don't know how to do that very well. We're going to count to three, and then we, on the third count, we're both going to say the name of a color, okay? Okay. One, two, three. Blue. Purple. 